Jesus H. Christ. When I was a boy, every little squirrel wanted to be a harpooner or a sword fisherman. And he got here. Portable shower or a monkey cage? Anti-shark cage. Anti-shark cage. You go inside the cage. Cage goes in the water. You go in the water. Sharks in the water. Our shark. Farewell and adieu to you fair Spanish ladies. Farewell and adieu to you ladies of Spain. For we've received orders for to sail back to Boston. And so never more shall we see you again. <laughs> Well, well, well. Welcome back to Marcus Played, the movie podcast about movie podcasts. Welcome back, Michael Dennison. Good to <laughs> or, see you again. Or movie podcast. <laughs> as we as we try to pair this back. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We're like uh we've shifted to a uh, more singular format. So it's a singular podcast. It's, I, I shouldn't have used my plural there. I apologize. Um You get used to the tagline. Uh no one else has. Because there's no appreciation. <laughs> no, just hate. But I mean, and I can see why you why we're catering to your absolute laziness. You know, every single podcast of your 45 podcasts, pare it down, pare it down, pare it down. Can you really call it absolute laziness if I'm on that many podcasts, though? That's fair, that's fair enough. Let me ask you this. Did you relay my 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 official complaints over to old WebBist on Trilogy and Theory about his, his editing? Well, that was part of the. Uh, we just released an episode yesterday that was like a more uh, old fashioned War Machine versus War Horse, where it's mm-hmm. like the people want more material, <clears throat> but I don't know if we gave you what you wanted. I just thought I want more material. It's like stop cutting in the middle of the good bits. It's like it's like Tim from the Third Time Watchers over there cutting me off right in the middle of a good bit during our NBA. Well, he won't recognize uh, uh, first time watchers because you know no one, no one well, listens no one to that. So no, he's not going to get true. the insult. But I'll let him know uh, how awful that is. That that's that it's the lowest insult I can I can give him. You know, it's it's like it's like like calling a lady a, the c word. It's just it's all the way low. You know, it's the bottom of the barrel. But uh, okay, so. This is. I'm. I'm hoping that the way we're recording this, we're kind of gonna uh, fit this into sort of our Halloween extravaganza sometime, like something like that. And I wanted to talk to you a little bit about uh, movies that scare the shit out of me, like m- movies, not just like scary movies and horror movies, things like that. You know, everybody has their degree of fear and all that stuff. But I'm talking about movies that genuinely almost change the way you perceive the outside world. You know, and and so the movie I wanted to talk to you about was Jaws, right? Jaws for me is bar none the scariest movie I've ever seen, and to the point where, you know, for many a long time I had like trouble with the water. I, I didn't even want to go into the water. I'd be in pools and thinking about alligators. Of course, I'm from Florida, so there's always say, a that, threat. That probably changes things because you know, for me, uh, you know, inland here, uh, not near an ocean. If I got to the beach. Uh, it was with that purpose. <laughs> like, there was no... Uh, to be eaten casual. by a shark? <laughs> like, you know, oh, should we go or not? Because I once saw this movie that scared me. No, if we drove the 14 hours, we were damn well going to get in the ocean. Um, it, also, I was going to ask you, is it a uh, 
uh, is it part of your your era, like at your childhood, Jaws? Because I was kind of late to it. Like I saw it on like a TNT, like you know, maybe when I was in my early teens. So that's oh, way wow. after the fact of you know, it's it's height. Uh, no, I, the, I actually one of the first movies my parents ever took me to was Jaws 3D, um, and I have this very vivid memory. Classic. Of the, yeah, my, my parents. You know, they're they're immigrants. What do you want from them? The English is their second language. They don't know what the difference is. I remember the very first movie I ever saw was Empire Strikes Back. And then Jaws 3D. I remember seeing that in the theater. Very, and then the other one was Flashdance. I don't know. What, my, my parents hmm. kind of. That's interesting. Know, maybe there. Maybe we should be looking at them. This whole podcast we should turn it into uh, parents making really bad decisions. Um, <sighs> Got a lot of material there too. Um, I don't know. Flashdance was so you never developed a fear of steel workers. I guess. Did you develop an attraction to them? Maybe I would. Yeah, maybe I was going more with a nasty Hellcat way, you know, of uh, a love of big black butts in my face. Mm. Mm-hmm. Let's not, uh, you know, put this on any particular race. I think he's just—it's just the size and scope. It's okay, the- so, so I, I thought maybe he had an uh, affinity for the chocolate, but you know, if it's just size, then that's that's fair enough too, man. I mean, everybody's got their thing. I mean, who am I to uh, deny the man his? Uh, his affinity for. I actually uh, think you've been harassing him the other way. When he goes, when he appreciates something that's uh, too small, that's not in uh, you know uh, Panavision. Uh, you say that's out of character, and he needs to retreat back <laughs> to <the> larger <laughs> format. I'm a purist. I want the man to stay in his pigeonhole of uh, <laughs> of the ice cream scoop butt. Um, on that on that note, that you know that what you just said uh, inspired fear in me of like you know who I podcast with because <laughs> this this is a dear friend, but you're almost putting him in a different light. Like, wow, this is who I associate with. I didn't have a movie like this. I I don't like. I think Psycho is like the uh, uh, like a famous comparison. Like is mentioned like in the same breath as Jaws, as far as you know, Jaws did for the ocean what Psycho did for, like, hotels or showers. You know, the shower sequence. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's but true. But I never had that. I love Psycho. It's one of my favorite movies, but I can't say that having experienced it, uh, yet again, same as Jaws, I'm obviously Johnny-come-lately uh, because I wasn't, uh, I don't think either one of us was born, as much as I have my grandpa Hiro jokes on sober cinema, Nasty no. Hellcat. Uh, neither one of us got to experience Psycho uh, when it was making its theatrical run the first time around. I did see Psycho in the theater, though. I will, get, I will say that in a, on a revival, uh, probably about four or five years ago, I went and saw uh, Psycho in the theater and fell asleep. <sighs> Son of a bitch. Okay, I was <laughs> getting ready to ask a like you know an honest question, and you threw in a jab. I'll ignore that just to, to keep us on on point for our you know. Uh, three listeners that are are hate listening and giving us <laughs> one star reviews. Um, we can do better, and we will. So, of the movies like Jaws and Psycho, where it had uh, a deep impact on on culture, you know, it, it became part of the pop cultural lexicon as far as you know the the shower sequence or uh, you know that that theme that plays. Like, you know, I'm sure Jaws has inspired plenty of jokes. For people going to the beach, much like the kids you see in the film, um, do you think that impact is lessened when you already are aware of the experience that this film is going to present to you, as opposed to getting to like, oh, I'm just going to go see the shark movie? Like when you don't know the impact it's going to have, do you feel like you actually yeah, get to absolutely. to relive that really moment? Good, I, I will. Uh, I think you have a good point there. You know, another movie that that comes to mind is the Blair Witch Project, right? Where mm, yeah. 
you know, that movie had this incredible social media, I guess, prior to social media, right? This internet thing where mm-hmm. they, uh, well, media campaign, I guess, is what I really what I'm going after. Uh, and people went in, actually, some people went in believing this is the real deal. This is the found footage and all that stuff. But you watch Blair Witch Project now, and you're aware of the thing, the the gimmick behind it. And it really, it, it's grating now to me. Like, it doesn't have, like, a real anything to it it's just this lady with boogers coming out of her nose get out of here with that um mm, i actually think it's grown on me <laughs> throughout the years because <laughs> uh, I, I mean i i enjoyed it certainly as a teenager uh getting to be that's a it's a good pull because that was one that i did get to experience the hype uh and and trying did you to believe like, it? Go see it did little mike believe that how old were you uh, i was 16 when okay. uh, blair witch came out um, no, I, I didn't believe it because I was, even then I was, you know, I was a movie guy. So you're talking about it being kind of like a pre-social media, but it was very much an internet thing where it's like this movie that had played at festivals is coming, right. that sort of thing. So I was aware of it and, um, I, I feel like I enjoy it now more because I think as a 16 year old, I was, I was trying to deconstruct the hype from the more technical aspect of it, of like, oh, let's see how they, they created that illusion of this being like you know, a found footage film. Like I was more into reading the details of like, what did they put the actors through and all of that stuff. Now I don't care as much when I have rewatched it. And I've rewatched it a few times, like maybe once every like seven years or so, I'll get the issue to it. Um, now I just compare it to other found footage stuff that came later and think, wow, this is far better than like, I think of like the paranormal activity series, which I find really fucking boring to have like just a still Aren't camera. Aren't there like nine of those though? Aren't, you know, they're, well, they're cheap to make. And yeah, I don't know that you, it's like saw, like there's like a, a new series that becomes like the Halloween movie for like three or four years. And, you know, I it, found saw to be creative though. I thought the first saw particularly was really creative the way it finished up. I mean, I wasn't scared of saw. But I liked Saw. I liked. I, I think I saw the second one too. But after that, it's just like okay, Saw ninety five. I was pretty much done with the trap jaws and all that stuff. But I thought, I thought it was a really interesting premise. I came too late to that one. I mean, I'm not a torture porn kind of guy. I'm and neither so, am I. So the premise of it to me just that was just like, oh, that's that's going to be an unappealing two hours at the movies. Like I, <laughs> I don't want to experience that. You know, at least with Jaws, there's a smile, you son of a bitch. You know, there's there's going to be a heroic moment where they. Uh, they attempt to vanquish this this monster, but you know, just seeing people decide they're going to what cut off their own leg or foot or get out of the bear yeah. trap. Not and I think that the comparison between the two, right, where one is like this very overt in your face uh, violence, right, it, like you're called a torture porn, mm-hmm. whereas Jaws, famously, you don't see the shark for about two hours or whatever it is, right. So it really, and whether it's by chance or by by Spielberg's skill. It really digs at the unknown. Like that that's what really scares people is I mean, that's why we have uh ninety five religions to explain the unknown. You know, we just make shit up to our our own mind is a scarier thing than uh than what can be projected onto the screen. Um Do you feel like that's why Jaws connects with you more than say something like Saw? Because you said you know, you were never really like scared of it. You just sort of admired the I guess the the creativity of the kills. Yeah. Or yeah. uh uh, but you know, Jaws would be a rare occurrence. And uh, shout out to uh, Andrew of the Curb, who I, I think is on record as having never seen Jaws, because he's very much opposed to anything that, um, 
I guess fetishizes the uh, the, the killing monster that that are sharks. You know, he, he sort of blames Jaws for for people like seeing this as like this demon spawn of the ocean. Well, I mean, he has a point, right? Because I think there are statistics and stuff like that where people have gone <laughs> like, "Oh shit, we got to kill the demon spawn." <laughs> so it is rare, but there's I'm assuming I haven't done the moneyball math here. There's a higher probability that you, especially being uh, you know growing up in Florida of you maybe having this type of encounter or at least unknowingly being close to a shark than to being next to a serial killer who, if memory serves, has like a little doll as like avatar that he sends. Uh, um, well, don't forget I have met Dave in person. So oh. uh. he lives in my city now too. So <laughs> exactly. I'm much you closer know, to saw territory. He is the, he is the jaws of your life. <laughs> Because when, when you see him, does the Jaws music come on? <laughs> I I just assume it's something from uh, Portrait of a Lady on Fire is what he would prefer. Because he probably has that record playing, you know, that brings out the vinyl. <laughs> that, okay, you went really scary, but let's let's draw back I'm, to something. Well, this is a, supposed to be like our Halloween-ish yeah. you know, episode. <laughs> uh, I I was trying to think of things that, that uh, movies that have affected me in in that way. Um, so let me help you here then. How about this? Okay. You know, we talked about a little bit how Jaws, the unknown, and, and our minds really are the, that piece that that pushes fear, right? Uh, the only other movie that I can think of, and I really worked hard, I actually thought pretty long and hard on this on what is another movie? Because Jaws immediately, you know, I, I picked this episode literally just because Jaws is the scariest shit I've ever seen. Um and I tried to think really hard, like, what it would be in number, number two? And what's this, the next scariest thing for me? And I, I, I'm going with uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. I, and one that is, yes, the time frame. I watched that very hmm. shortly after it came out. So I was probably like 10 years old, give or take, when I saw that. But again, um, this is all about uh, lack of control, right? Because you're asleep. So it's the unknown and, and losing control of what is reality and what is there. So... It's not quite as fear of the unknown like Jaws, but it is a little bit of a lack of control. So um, the podcast, like the topic that I wanted to hit, where I, I found this podcast. It's, it's actually a pretty interesting podcast. It's called Why Are Dads? So, okay. so, so it's a podcast. The way they have it labeled is a podcast about what it means to be the children of dads and dad-like figures through the pop culture lens. So in this episode... They're talking about Nightmare on Elm Street. So, you know, I think what interests me most about Freddy Krueger in the end is that, like, these are movies from the 80s. They're from a time when Americans were trying to build these impregnable suburban fortresses where, like, their kids would be safe and far away from, like, the inner cities, whatever those are, and to sort of protect their children geographically and what a nightmare on elm street tells us which i think is true is that like you can move your children wherever you want to physically but like your subconscious and their subconscious and like the nightmares that that get in through our dreams and through the parts of our minds that we can't consciously understand as much as we would like those things are always going to get in one of the hosts talks about how in the 80s, you know, Americans, this is set in the 80s where America's like building these big suburbs and protecting their kids from the inner cities, you know, it, it shows the helplessness of a parent, right? It's uh, where you can move your kids anywhere, but you can't control. It's like a lack of control over their subconscious and their dreams, right? So, so it almost, less melodramatic uh, Michael Douglas from Traffic. Is that what you're saying? 
Wow. She, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully my daughter doesn't end up with a drug dealer getting taken to pound town for some heroin or whatever it was. Um, I do fear that, but, uh, I'm not quite there yet. She's only eight. Michael, can you please settle down on my daughter? <laughs> you disgusting animal. <laughs> now, can somebody give you another drink? <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, we always have to bring a, a disgusting sexual imagery when we're trying to promote other podcasts. So <laughs> yeah, on brand. That. You know, we absolutely are, but <laughs> God dang, man. <laughs> oh, but you, know, you were saying it, it, par- parenthood is one of those things and I know you don't want to be a parent, but it's, it's one of those things that you can't control. You know, you can't, you can do all this shit for your mm. kids and you can do all this stuff, but you, there's once they get to a certain, that certain point, you just sort of lose control of those kids. You know, you don't know if they're going to end up getting taken to pound town or, or, you know, uh, hanging with the wrong crowd and doing drugs or stealing or whatever it is, you know? Well, what, what's your fear as far as, uh, having too much influence and you can keep it maybe in the pop culture, uh, terrain if that's more comfortable, but well, like, what, what do you mean by the question? Like too well, much influence? Cause I've always wanted, you know, when I have thought those rare times, uh, that are my jaws moments where I think, uh, what if I was a father, which usually involves some sort of, you know, pregnancy scare on <laughs> my part, like <laughs> what is about to, uh, you know, this, this creature that's about to, to get me in my sleep and, and kill my dreams, which would be a child that I'm responsible for. Um, I, I've always had that thought of like, how much of my shit do I want to push on this innocent child like how much joy would i get in influencing them with like hey here's here are the movies i like or here are the bands i listen to uh and how much do i want to take a step back and not interfere with them finding their own shit because i, I think i you know I had, I had a mixture of both like my uh, uh my mom was far more i won't say forceful but she would just be like you've not seen this. And I'm like, well, you didn't purchase it for me. So probably not. Or you didn't take me see it. You know, at a certain age, it's like, you don't have much control, especially pre right. in our youth, pre streaming services. You had to go acquire it physically. If you're going to discover something. Um, so she would, she would be the one say, you've got, okay, you've got to see it. You've got to, you've got to watch Fright Night or I'm taking you to see Pulp Fiction. You know, you're, there's, you're not going to deny this experience. You're going to be forced to have it. I'm picking two movies that I love, but I'm sure there were other ones where I'm like, Wow, I you know I wish mom had not pushed this on me because I don't get it. But then you had like my dad, who would really only engage with me on that level if I asked about something. Uh, I actually remember watching Jaws with him. He was the person I watched it with for the first time, and it was coming on TV, and he was getting ready to change it. I'm like, oh, I've never seen Jaws, and my mom would have like disowned me been like how you know she would have she would have been like no you got to get the real copy no maybe. commercials you got to get the violence and Whereas all that stuff my dad was like well it's it's coming on tnt do you want to watch it <laughs> like it's like he's like i can change the channel or not what do you want to do <laughs> and when i would hear things like that i would think oh he doesn't like this movie or he's but he just sort of allowed that sort of free reign uh i remember watching taxi driver with him but it was something i had to pester him to watch and then when i found out it was one of his favorite movies i was like well, why haven't we watched it yet and he's like well i guess you're old enough and you know turns out i was the same age as jody foster's character so very again <laughs> street walking <laughs> children michael deniston on brand 
<laughs> so I guess I'm, just, good... I'm putting that to you as a father. Like, have, have, okay. have there been the, those thoughts in your head as far as am I influencing so too much or too scenario, little? Because you brought up this is an interesting scenario you bring up because you know right now we are in this age of immediate content. Your favorite Netflix, they can watch whatever the hell they want. They can, we got him. To watch something on Netflix this week, and I had to remind you, I'm not currently giving them money. And you insisted, you insisted, watch something on Netflix. Two minutes. Just give me two minutes. <laughs> Which counts as a view for them. That counts as a watch. <laughs> so two, uh, two minutes of your day. I'll give you my account. You can just go ahead and log in so you're just, just oh, not giving them any I'm money. I'm about to fuck up your algorithm, sir. There's going to be a lot of cuties on that. <laughs> Oh no no no! I've got I, I'm very strict with my my algorithm, man. I've got mine locked up, and then what I'm gonna do is give you my kids' account. <laughs> Which one? Hold on, I, you know what? Let me give you Debbie's account. <laughs> Next thing you know, I've got traffic reruns on my kids' laptop. <laughs> Daddy, what's the what's the girl doing? <laughs> what is she doing for money, Daddy? This is called a transactional relationship, sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> This is how you get things done in the world, baby. This is how <laughs> This is how daddy got dates back in the day. <laughs> no. So we're in this era <laughs> where they can watch whatever the hell they want. But now we're in the last 6 months in COVID, we've been locked up. So we've been doing a lot and this is probably my shitty parenting is before COVID you would let them watch whatever the hell they want while I did my cooking, cleaning, whatever it is. But now we're, we're kind of locked up. So we've been doing like family movie hour hmm. uh, every night, every single night. And most of the time I pick because I'm a domineering parent and I refuse to sit there and watch The Last Airbender one more time. Hmm. Good call. So they have, they have cycled through uh, all of the Indiana Jones series, Star Wars series, Karate Kid, Goonies, Princess Bride. These are like very... Obviously, my children are young, but I'm cycling them through never-ending story, the labyrinth, things like that. Uh, they really love the Men in Black franchise, uh, particularly the first one. Um, so, I think that I'm kind of on the offense for both. You know, I I've, I'm having a lot more fun as a parent. I guess it's more selfish of myself to want to like impart that on them. Well, it's also a way for you to. Uh relive that uh, childhood experience or that first time watch uh, not yeah. that terrible podcast but that that experience that you know I talked about at the beginning as far as did we come too late to jaws um i mean as old as it's probably going to make us feel a lot of these movies that you're talking about are probably like so old for your kids now that maybe they've even lost that sort of iconic status where they already know the famous moments like Indiana yeah. Jones did they know like him you know, uh, running from the the, the, no, the traps. They, they didn't know, they the, didn't know. the opening sequence. Oh, okay, so they actually did know running the trap because I lived just outside. I lived in Tampa for a little while, so we went to uni- uh, to Disney or Universal. <laughs> so they the know it's a, a theme park. They ride. saw the okay. they saw the event okay. in, in live, and then they really love the movies. We've actually watched it a few times through, but um, no, I mean, like for instance, a Karate Kid. They really loved it. They they hounding on me to watch this cobra kai thing which i'm like I, I will, peter from original remake that i do every week we sit down to record he's like have you watched it yet i used to have the excuse that i was not a youtube red or premium subscriber uh and then those bastards at netflix acquired it so i had to cancel my subscription immediately so i could keep <laughs> keep that bit going where i'm like keep nope, fighting don't keep have fighting access it. to it it's shockingly good it, it's, uh, 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 i don't want to hear that it's shockingly good it's really good uh, it's like an interesting mix of funny and nostalgia and 
you know, fish out of water sort of stuff. It's it's good. It's really really good. Um, but you know, it, it's just interesting seeing it through their eyes. I guess you know, it's, it's and you know what's funny is going back to Jaws. I keep prodding the kids. Like, are you guys ready for Jaws? Hmm. Like, I want to show it to them. Even the five year old. Here, let's sit down and watch this, son. <laughs> and then let's go to let's go to our beach trip and see how it plays out. <laughs> are they? So what's what's the holdup with them as far as that goes? Why is they that know one? that they know to be scared. Oh, they know, okay. So that one they've, they've not heard scared. me say it. They've heard me say that I I was scared of it. And you know, being the the big silverback gorilla of the house that I am, they, they were like, "Hold up, man! You're afraid of that? <laughs> nope, I want no part." Um, I, I they don't saw, know. If, Jurassic Park is probably the scariest thing that they've seen. The little one was scared. I don't know if that scared me as a kid. Jurassic Park or Jaws? Jurassic Park. Um, it's kind of hard though because of the like the the wonderment of seeing that shit on TV. Even I don't know how old I was. It was at ninety three that it 93, came out. Yeah, so I was like sixteen. And even then, slack-jawed, because I'd never seen anything like it. Yeah, I think that's what it was. It was just it, it was just too fucking cool to look at for me to be kind of scared of the, like, <laughs> of the dinosaurs. Because, obviously, if I was in that situation, I'd be terrified. But as a viewer, first off, we're, all, we're also talking about uh, creating, recreating dinosaurs, which, you know, we've... Uh, what do we get? We get a, a sheep in the 90s? Is that all we got? Dolly the sheep, yeah. Nothing as cool as a T-Rex coming back to life. <laughs> I wonder that, what that sheep tastes like. <laughs> I, I don't know if that was part. Of, I'm sure that was part of the experiment. <laughs> eventually, <laughs> Like, um, I, you know, that's one of those things that was like so big. And like, when did people stop talking about that? Did they yeah, just like stop it, doing that? I wonder if something like went horrifically wrong. You know, <laughs> something like. Because you would just assume that, things would just progress and progress. Right. Yeah. But it's. We just lost interest in cloning animals. Yeah, enough of that. Let's get the people. Let's do it. I don't know, man. I, I think less people is more. We're, we're due for a catastrophic event. <laughs> oh, look at you, the Samuel Jackson over here, just ready to uh, from uh, from Kingsman with the, who I actually sided with, by the way. Let's thin the herd a little bit. You tend to do that. Um, I think that uh, personal failings probably creep me out more like where it's a movie where someone could avoid a plight but they like can't help themselves and i'm not talking about like like a slash movie like, where someone like falling goes into down a garage by themselves <laughs> falling down <laughs> falling down is that what you're saying like personal mm, failure I like that one is more that's more like popcorn fun um but like okay so like the vanishing is probably my favorite horror movie of all time but it's it's definitely a slow burn, and it's you know there's there's points in the movie where it's like you could if the, the, the 2018 one with Gerard Butler. No, I think that is that like a boat movie or sub movie or something. Now this is a late '80s. It's a foreign film. It's Dutch, I believe. So uh, Jeff Bridges, Kiefer Sutherland. That's actually the remake, and it was remade by the original director, and he changed the ending which is the best part um, for me, at least. Uh, There's so, so many movies called The Vanishing. I can't find this movie. I have like, no idea. Uh, what this is. Spore Loose or something is like, I don't know. That's the oh, Okay. 1988. Yeah. Rex and Saskia, a young couple in love are on vacation. They stop at a service station and the kid is abducted. You've never seen it. You've not seen it. Never version. even heard of it. You should check it out. I don't know how you, like I said, it's a slow burn movie. So available on Amazon prime. 
please do not put it on for family movie night. Uh, they'll be <laughs> bored, and then if they actually pay attention, they'll be terrified. Um, but it's one of those things, I guess, where maybe the situation uh, is you know fairly rare. Hopefully, you know, experiencing like a kidnapping in your family, but it's the way the person handles it, uh, like uh, prisoners. I'm sure you you saw that. From, what was that like five years ago? Six? Yeah, and I actually rewatched that again based on another podcast that really highly recommend that it was talking about it, how great of a movie it was and how it impacted them. And I, I went back and I watched it. And that was man, that was that was some hard shit to watch. Yeah, but, and it's all like the personal choices that the characters make. Yeah. That's more terrifying to me than like I guess the initial situation that causes those choices. Which which part of prisoners is is what like the personal choice you, you, the the personal choice of Hugh Jackman to bring him in and beat him? No, that or, didn't. <laughs> that, or you're like, yeah, <laughs> Paul Dano punch him in the face again. Yeah, that would be the the number one uh, prospect there. It's um, you know, it would actually make for a pretty good double, honestly, with the uh, the vanishing in that way because then like you can understand the characters, but it's like um, they become they have such tunnel vision. Like they they become so obsessive and so focused on like seeking justice that they they kind of put blinders on to other dangers that are encroaching on mm, them. Okay, uh, and that's that's what. So no beating up on Paul Dano, <laughs> solid choice, like an easy layup. But uh, it's the other things that didn't happen uh, towards the end of that film that uh, I find terrifying. Um, Lost Highway is one. Did you ever see that David Lynch movie? I know of it, but I haven't seen it. I'm, I'm David Lynch is one of those black holes in my in my filmography. It's like, okay. I mean, in in that regard, I think he is. I don't like saying anyone is like overpraised because I understand the people that are into his stuff. You're probably not getting that fix elsewhere. He has a very distinct uh, style and vision, uh, but sometimes it's a pretty big swing and a miss uh, for me as well. So like the highs are very high and the lows are very low. Lost Highway. Probably has a bit of both in in the film, but there's a really creepy sequence, um, and just this may make your editing harder here. Thanks. Well, this is what scares me. This <laughs> is making the editing harder. <laughs> just um, editing in general. <laughs> um, and it doesn't. God damn. Is he like on YouTube or something? Or yeah. Okay. Give it a gander. What am I looking at here? It's Bill Pullman drinking alcohol. Yeah. Is this right? Yeah. Ugh. Who's this dude? <laughs> See? Immediate reaction. <laughs> it's like uh, Dave from Podcast Directed by just walks up to you at a party. Just moves to your town. <laughs> it does kind of look like Dave. <laughs> and he just stares at you. Before, haven't we? Yeah. Now you know what I'm living through. I don't think so. So this is it? Yep. Creep, was it Creeper walks that? up and stares at you. Is there more? Uh, yeah. keep going? Yeah, What's a little bit. House? Don't you remember? No. No, I don't. Are you sure? Of course. As a matter of fact, I'm there right now. What? Out of context, this is kind of odd. What do you mean you're where right now? At your house. Dave shows up. And says, I'm here. Crazy, man. At your house. 
Oh, flip phone. There it is. Call me. You'll know this is the most terrifying moment for me. What do you bring to the flip phone? Dial your number. Go ahead. I can't escape looking at Dave. <laughs> I told you I was here. How'd you do that? Ask me. How'd you get inside my house? You invited me. It is not my custom to go where I'm not wanted. Who are you? Hmm. <laughs> Give me back my phone. <laughs> it's been a pleasure talking to you. Okay, explain to me what's so scary about this. <laughs> well, first off, you know my feelings of being on a phone call with anyone. Now you've got them on the phone and in your face <laughs> and showing up to your house and stalking you. <laughs> Jesus. That one. That one, that, that that creeps me out. That whole sequence. And I would say the first half of the movie is pretty effective. But uh, I don't know. But I actually don't remember much about the second half. But the first half, the build-up is pretty, pretty creepy. It reminds me of that movie. Uh, what's the movie where the, the, the killer's inside the house calling and he's like massacring everybody i don't know i actually don't know that like i know that people say i watched that. it i watched the old one like I, I watched it maybe two years ago and it's ridiculous like th that piece is only a small fraction of the movie but that's there's the an part entire, everybody remembers there's an entire right there's an entire second act mm. uh where things go awry but i don't know what that is yeah, like if you Google the killer is in the house movie, there's actually a movie called The Killer is in the House. <laughs> Fuck. Well, someone knew about SEO. They're like, we're going to get to the top of this. <laughs> we're going to stake our claim. Um, that, I mean, that's, you know, all those like sort of urban legends, those type of stories, campfire stories, all that stuff. It's effective for, for a reason because there's just a, you know, there's a hint of truth that it could happen, but it's always very high concept. It's very extreme in that regard. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm. Uh, you, you seem to be not one of those guys that creep that, that's scared of, of scary movies. Nothing really impacts your life other than maybe, you know, actually having children or having to talk on the phone and <laughs> getting a haircut. I guess now is is the fear that you uh, <laughs> that you have. Right now, that's a legitimate concern. I think <clears throat> all of those things are. When a Stranger Calls. That's the name of the movie. Oh, okay. It's been remade at least once, twice. Oh, it's got to have been remade a bunch of times. Uh, sure. Has it been remade into an erotic thriller? Like Skinamax sort of thing? Yeah, like, you know, it sounds like something that would star, like, Rebecca De Mornay or something. Like, the, the remake version. Rebecca De Mornay was never... You're thinking of more like Shannon Tweed no, or Shannon that's, Worry. That's too... Let's let's elevate the material a little bit. <laughs> oh, you, what are you talking about? Like, that's a, the queen of Skinamax, man. Shannon Tweed? 
Yeah. I don't, I don't, I'm not saying it has to be Skinamax. Take it to take it to the Hellcat. Go ahead. When we're done here, you just text at the... Who is the queen of Skinamax? Guarantee you. The Hellcat will tell you. Shannon Tweed. Shannon Worry. He'll probably be able to recite the Emmanuel movies. <laughs> oh, shit. This podcast has gone off the rails. This is going to be an editing nightmare. <laughs> the end of it will. Um, unless you just you know drop some random clips and play us out with some... <laughs> music from Emmanuel. <laughs> <laughs> There's that. <laughs> uh, I can always lead us into our uh, next show. If you'd Why don't like. you do that? Why don't you do yeah. that? Um, so, things that uh, frighten me. Uh, Dustin Hoffman. Little people like Dave? I'm not a fan. Um, you know, of speaking of which, I, I have a clip that can lead us into the next show. And okay. it, it will stay within the continuity of, you know, whatever narrative we formed on this episode. <clears throat> so you and Dave, uh, discussed rounders some time ago, back when true bromance was releasing episodes. Mm, okay. And it was terrible because, um, my favorite, uh, voice on that show was not there. Barry was no, nowhere to be found, but there was Dave who, I try to actively avoid talking to on our own podcast. Uh, I try to, you know, I've tried to ask, <laughs> Showing up to can the I house. just send in a voice recording and you edit around it where I don't, <laughs> I don't have to engage with you? <clears throat> you um, made the assumption that I uh, was still in a state of arousal or at the very minimum, very least, uh, was aroused when Fomka Jansen was towering over mm, Matt Damon. That's right. And it caused me I, to uh to you know backpedal and say like this is absurd. This is clearly uh um, the Denison fantasy, I think I called it. You yeah, th- this is uh I think you said that I was watching it like, you know, at uh not even at half mast, which I, I have to admit <laughs> uh there are definitely you know, I was the one Saying, "Hey, let's get Rebecca De Mornay in a When a Stranger Calls remake and sex it up." So I'm not going to deny those sins. I had never considered this because I had never considered, uh, I guess, the original Jean Grey to be that tall of a lady. Like I know she is compared to Matt Damon's and Ed Norton's of the world. Uh, and I almost tweeted at you talking about what an idiot you are, and only two short people would think this woman is tall. Then I googled six feet tall. Yes. I, I had to, like, you know, holster that tweet because, and I have to admit, uh, it caused me to do some more Google image searching. Maybe you, you changed my mind. <laughs> this, <laughs> you know, a very attractive lady that now is suddenly even more attractive uh, to me. So, yes, I have a thing against short people. We're not doing rounders, and unfortunately, we're not doing a film uh, with her, even though I do like Maid quite a bit with. Uh, Favreau and uh, Vince Vaughn. Oh, she's a horrible mother. So maybe save that for Mother's Day. We're going to talk about short people trying to convince us that they are athletic and they deserve to not be tortured and have their teeth pulled out. We're going to talk about Marathon Man, starring Dustin Hoffman, (laughs) an athletically gifted superhuman. I mean, the poor guy looks like Dustin Hoffman. You're going to mess him up even further by taking out his teeth. Like, what's... let, 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 Let the... Let the pathetic just play, you know. 
on that note uh, subscribe to <laughs> Marcus Played and not a podcast directed by. 